0: Welcome back, Spokane to another episode of Everreal Talks. I'm Matt Side,
1: and I'm Jessica Side.
0: And we're doing this for those of you that are watching the video in a little bit different format, so hopefully uh, you can this will be something that you enjoy. But I have to start the episode off today by talking about a change that literally happened 24 hours after our last broadcast last week where we talked about the rules around open houses and go mm-hmm. figure the next day open houses aren't in the regulations anymore for a while
1: we pulled the plug on that
0: Uh, so uh, again when that comes back around I'm sure that those will be uh, the the rules and regulations of the time but uh, as of last weekend I think everybody knows by now that we had a couple of additional measures to slow the spread of the coronavirus and so uh just like a paper has to retract things that are not true i guess we just need to acknowledge that what once was is no longer
1: that is correct that is correct someday it will come back and we will have open houses it will Yep.
0: so uh jess what's coming up what do we got (laughs) on the docket
1: Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving because it is just around the corner and, um, obviously it's going to look a little different this year. So I was thinking about Thanksgiving and I'm sure other people are thinking about this as well for my, most of my growing up, I would say probably junior high until just a few years ago, maybe five ish years ago. Um, I spent every Thanksgiving with my dad, uh, who lives in Seattle and um it was a very big tradition the whole family was there we always had like the biggest turkey my dad could find just tons of food and it was a whole thing it was a really
0: 20, 20 people was kind of like not the biggest Yeah, that
1: wasn't very big
0: that was yeah. like a, uh kind of a small small year this year we only had 23 people around the table
1: yeah no it was a it was a really special thing and then my dad no, moved. well i
0: have to i'm sorry i gotta interrupt you because yeah for me coming into this family from the outside, like Thanksgiving was a really big deal and I'm not kidding. Like it was, it's like, you know, the kind of Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving experience. Like it's very much tons of tradition and great food and everyone around a table. And sometimes we had to have more than one table and it truly was, um, people kind of look at me and like, really you guys did that? So anyway, it was a pretty awesome, fun experience.
1: I remember actually a couple of times uh, because of your work schedule, we had to drive over and back (laughs) on Thanksgiving like it was that. Yes, we did that at least one time.
0: Well, it was we drove over on a Wednesday and then back Thanksgiving night, I believe.
1: I don't think so. But either either
0: way, it was within a 24 hour period, but you couldn't miss Thanksgiving in Seattle with the Hermans.
1: Yeah, so so my dad then moved and so that tradition changed and that was, a, it was really hard and sad um, that we didn't get to do that anymore. But then uh, you and I took over the tradition at our own home. And so we um, have a big long table and we certainly have enjoyed that the last couple of years that we've been able to do that. Um, and then there's this year. And this year is, simplification is probably the best word for it. I think it's the happiest word for it you know we're just simplifying um so we will be uh doing thanksgiving this year with just our immediate family so matt and i and the kids um but we're you know i think it's important that you are creative this this thanksgiving and so one of the things that we've decided to do um because we do enjoy the cooking piece of it and um, lots of my siblings love to cook as well so we have basically put together um, an idea where we're going to pick something to cook and cook it on Thanksgiving, like probably a dessert that we all do together on Thanksgiving after the meal. So I thought we might do it the day before or the day after. We just try to coordinate with everybody. So that's one of the things that we're going to do. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's a families. of families.
0: We're going to do it like in this type of a format, like in a Zoom yes. call format where... The different households and families can all participate and we don't know exactly what we're going to do I'm sure we'll share about that after we we do it But uh, something where we can like Jessica said food cooking and then while something's in the oven maybe play a game or something like that But yeah,
1: yes, and actually that's what I, one of the things I wanted to talk about is that um, For those of you who don't know I love playing games. I'm kind of the game guru My myself and my brother Curtis are the game gurus of our family and um, so I wanted to give you some ideas, and I wanted to give some ideas of things that you could, if you are together, like with your small family. You know, Thanksgiving um, could be just another meal. Um, you know, because you eat with those people every night potentially. And so um, you know, you, Thanksgiving is so unique because you get to talk to your uncle that you haven't seen in a while, and your nieces and your cousins, and so there's all these things to do during the evening, right? Um, where if you're just with your little nuclear family like we are there's not going to be as many things to do and so i wanted to give some ideas if you are together with your family and you're looking for some games first of all two great places to get games there's target which has a lot of good games including uh ticket to ride which would be a wonderful game for a family and quirkle which is another um good game that i know that they carry the other place that i would love love for people to
0: can you you spell quirkle for those that are listening to us.
1: Q-W-I-R-K-L-E.
0: I I would have spelled it wrong.
1: There you go. Um, uh, What I was going to say is that, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my train of thought. Um, But those are some great, oh, I know what I want to say. I would encourage people to support Uncle's Games. Uncle's Games has been an institution here in Spokane for quite a while. There's one downtown and there's one in the Valley Mall. And so um, that would be another place where you could get games and you can get so many more games and better games to be perfectly honest. So I made a, uh, uh, I wrote down three that I think people, again, these are for if you're together with your family and you're looking for something to do during the evening, there's a game called um, Splendor. And they've made a Marvel version of it, which my son and I love to play. It's a fantastic little game. Um, another one that is really great is Azul, A-Z-U-L. And then my other um, thought for people is the unlock or the escape, or excuse me, exit games. So these are like unlock rooms in a box. So if that's something that your family enjoys puzzles or you know breaking codes, that's a great. That's great. Um, the yeah, last...
0: those are really fun.
1: Yes, I love them. It. What's that?
0: And they take a lot of time too. I mean, it's not like a just there for five or ten minutes, like you'll right. a good part of an evening really working through some of that.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the the last thing I wanted to just mention is um, that because a lot of people are not together with their extended family, playing games in this format, a zoom format, is a really good option. And I actually just, I'm editing a video right now that I'm gonna be putting out, so you can go to our Facebook page, it'll be available the week of Thanksgiving, um, of games that you can play over Zoom. So, and I'm gonna mention um, two of them right here. Um, one is called Color Brain, and there's a Color Brain, and there's a Color Brain Disney edition, <laughs> which we just played yesterday, actually, with some co-workers. And we had some of the coworkers kids on kids on the Zoom call, and the kids won the game, which was so fun for them. They won,
0: and they won both versions of it, which is interesting, not just the Disney version. One might think, oh, the kids are gonna do better at that, which they did, but they also, one of the nine-year-olds beat everybody at the uh, regular version of the game as well. It's a great game that's equitable for the children.
1: That's right, that's right. So that game, I know for sure they have at Target, you probably could go in there and get that one or have it you know, brought out to your car. The other one that I'm not 100% sure they actually have it in the store, you might have to, to um, order this one on Target, it's called Linky, L-I-N-K-E-E. And it's a really fun trivia game. I'm not gonna go into the details of that, but you can watch my video, I've got 10, my top 10 games to play on Zoom plus two honorable mentions. So. Yes, it. if you're
0: not on our email list, uh, make sure you go over to our Facebook page and check out that video. It will be, uh, the, the games are great and fun whether you're playing them on Zoom or not, but they're easily adaptable to this virtual digital format. So uh, thanks just for putting that together. I think a lot of people will enjoy that.
1: I hope so. I you know, I think it's important that we all get a little creative and find ways to bring some joy into our lives and then people's lives that we're not maybe spending time with but we wish we could be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all that stuff. Let's uh, jump into some real estate stuff. We got a featured property for you today. Yeah, man. Watch your pens, everybody. 34300, so that's 34300. Ptarmigan Lane, and if you're not familiar with that word, it's P, as in Paul, T-A-R-M-I-G-A-N. Ptarmigan uh, is a bird, just so everyone knows. It's, a, it's kind of a, um, an arid, kind of sagebrushy bird, I believe. Anyway, 34300 Ptarmigan Lane. It is just outside of Davenport. Let's give you a little bit of details on this. It is actually property to build on. So it is just over eight acres. Um, It is in the Hawk Creek gated community area. So the really cool thing about this is you're just minutes away from Lake Roosevelt Um, But because you're in this gated community you have access to an an existing clubhouse, tennis courts, swimming pool, spa Um, So all of those amenities that you're a part of in the association Uh, You're just down the road from Seven Bays Marina and several boat launches. So if you like water sports uh, in the summer or really throughout the year if you live down there because it doesn't it's not likely to freeze as uh, easily down that part of the state. Um, those are just down the road. And then the main road that has access to the property line is paved and very well maintained maintained through winter months. So this is not just a vacation home option, uh, though it would be great for that. It definitely is something that you could use year round. Uh, power is already at the road. Uh, there's already a well installed. So some of the heavy lifting is already done for you. So the price on this uh, currently is $129,000. It is available. And if anybody is interested, especially, uh, here's here's something to note. Uh, It's probably in my notes somewhere. uh, No pun intended. But, um, well, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to come back to it when we talk about the market. But if you're interested in this property and seeing that, uh, please contact us at five zero nine sixty two house, or you can message us on any of our social media. um
1: Now, did you say? um all, I know that you talked about where it was in relation to Lake Roosevelt. Lake Roosevelt's really large. I know you, you yeah. mentioned seven bays, but it's it's basically north of Davenport. Right. So, so it's
0: twenty minutes twenty minutes out out of Davenport. It's just over an hour from Spokane. So as far as And for all of our California listeners out there, we know that an hour is not even your commute to work in a normal world. So being an hour away from the Spokane International Airport in the city uh, is, for a lot of people, not even a big deal at all. And because you're an hour away, you also get that feeling of really being out in nature. Uh, There's a creek that runs not very far away to the point that you can actually hear it if you listen. Uh, So there's a lot of really cool... Um, aspects. And I think that it's interesting, because this is in my notes here, I'm just going to m- mention it, that before the pandemic, um, the demand for second in- secondary and primary homes was pretty equal. Um, but since the lockdown restrictions and then the easing of those in the spring and summer, uh, interest in second homes has grown twice as fast as that for primary homes. So it really is vacation property is has been what's driving a lot of the national numbers and increase in values and all those type of things and so uh do you know for for those that are willing to take the time to build that perfect dream home this is a great spot that could double as both year-round uh and vacation property
1: so one i just want to say one more thing about that property that i think is important because i think when you hear gated community you think okay i got this house and this house is right here and then this house is right here and but all of these are acreage. Like this one has eight acres. So yes, it's a gated community, but you still have a ton of space um, between the houses.
0: It basically gives you the best of all worlds. You know, you get that gated community and all of the amenities that come with that, but then you're so spread out from your neighbor um, that it feels like you're out in the middle of nowhere. So for a lot of us, that's uh, something that we like. All right, Uh, shall we talk about the real estate market a little bit? I
1: think we shall.
0: Jessica, what is the number one question that you are asked over and over and over again as a real estate agent?
1: How do I get my silky uh, straight hair? Is that one of anything that's... Oh wait, you said real estate related?
0: Yeah.
1: No one ever says anything about my hair, so (laughs) Um, I'm not... The question that people always ask me is how's the market?
0: Yeah. They ask me that all the time too. Mm -hmm. It definitely is the number one question that we get as real estate professionals. Interestingly enough, I think uh, that question is answered incorrectly a lot of times um, because the real answer to that question, and we're gonna talk about it today, is how is the real estate market? Well, it depends on if you're a buyer, a seller, an investor, or a holder. So let's talk about Wait a
1: second though. there's, there's most of the time you ask that question to real estate professionals, like in a, in a training setting, right, where you're training them and they say, You just always say it's great. It's awesome. That's the answer to the question. It's awesome. Um, and that's not always the case. Well, we,
0: which we all know that that's, that's, that's a non-committal answer. Like, what do you mean? It's awesome. That's not, that doesn't help me. Right. At
1: all. It's great. So, um, me as your real estate. the other, well,
0: the other, the other answer to that question that you hear a lot is like, it's insane, it's crazy. There's no inventory. It's like, well, that. How does that apply to me as the consumer, right? And so that's what we're going to talk about. So let's talk about the numbers, and then what I want to do is I want to circle back around, and we'll discuss like how do those numbers, like how does the real estate market impact and affect those four different categories, and uh, and discuss those a little bit. So, all right so the numbers drum roll please if we had uh, audio that we could do that with i
1: don't want to do that because i'm afraid it will sound really terrible oh,
0: i appreciate that you didn't do that it would really mess up the audio and we'd probably have to start over okay, uh, active listings on the market at the time as the time of this at the time of this recording 423 single family condo homes under an acre those are the filters that we use to keep them consistent we average 713 per month over the last 12 months, which means, for the very first time ever, we have dipped below 0.6 months. It is 0.59 months of inventory right now active on the MLS. That means we're all, we are nine one or nine point zero nine percent. Anyway, I'm not going to do that math in my head. We are really, really close. Is what I'm trying to say to only being a half of a month of active inventory on the multiple listing service. And that is kind of insane. Uh, Let's talk about active price range between 70,000 and 2.9 million is our active price range. 100, no, 1,325 pending listings. And this uh, you might find very interesting, Jessica, the median active list price right now in the MLS is $350,000. Really? Now that's median active list price. The median sold price uh, for the last six months is still at three hundred and five thousand, which makes sense that it wouldn't have changed in the last week or two because the the data is not big enough. But yeah. the active list price right now in the MLS three hundred and fifty thousand dollars is the median. Wow. Yeah, I was I was. Uh,
1: sellers are sellers are like I, I I'm taking advantage of this man. I'm going to get as much as I possibly can. <laughs> wow. Now,
0: I think so, sold in the last six months, 5124. So here's the reality is that we are tracking year over year uh, and for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, I'm gonna pull up some charts here in a minute and we'll discuss the numbers for those of you that are just listening in audio. But year over year, we're tracking with the similar similar sold numbers. And I think that that's a really important item to uh, distinction here because our inventory is continuing to shrink. But the actual number of sold properties is staying pretty consistent year over year, so right. uh, so there is inventory out there, but it's going to impact when we talk about how this impacts buyers. That's going to be a really important distinction. It means that properties are coming off and on and then going off of the market extremely, extremely fast.
1: Right, because and I'm sure we're going to get into this, but making that's, sure
0: that's the question.
1: Like, well, I just think that it could freak people out to hear that we only have a half a month of inventory. But it is the speed at which houses are coming off of the market that is affecting that inventory and so it's important that i'm just reiterating this it's just important to understand that we're still keeping up with the sold amount year over year it's just things are not sitting on the market for really any time that is i mean again there are some houses that will sit on the market but on average they're moving off the market so fast so i think that's important if that other number starts to change, right, if that was taking a huge dip, then we really, then we would see such a significant change, but technically it's a change in how long stuff is on the market.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's a really important distinction because if the sold volume was continuing to decrease, that would be a problem with the market, like the market would be dissolving. So. All right, so let's just talk about these charts. And for those of you that are just listening, uh, I'll explain what we're looking at here. So let's start, start with our active inventory here in the bottom corner. So active inventory, as you can see, uh, is extremely low. And we've talked about that, how low that is. That is, uh, that just means there's not a lot of stuff available for people to purchase. Um, sold, our sold volume, staying steady. This is what we were just talking about. So, in the month of October, as an example, in 2019, we had 846 sold properties. In 2020, we had 818. So, very similar. And again, visually, uh, for those of you that are listening to this, you can hit the show notes or go to our Facebook page. We'll post these charts out there for you so you can see the visual. But you can see over the year, for the most part, it's been tracking reasonably closely there's a couple of months that dipped below but
1: right may was was really low and you know yeah, April,
0: again you have to remember that was pandemic world right like we had yes. just down and so the closed transactions all kind of shifted and then you can see when we get back into june and july it comes pretty close to what it was and then the final one uh median sold price year over your year uh I, i'm i'm like what the bleep look at the difference here in october yeah. So median sold price in October of 2019 was 265 thousand. The median sold price in October of 2020 was 320 thousand dollars. That is a 20.74 percent increase from October uh, year over year, and that is not I've never seen that number in Spokane before.
1: Yeah, that's a that's that's pretty that's pretty dramatic. I was talking to one of my agents the other day and they were they were looking at potentially putting a house on the market and they said they only bought it last year. And so we were looking at the, you know, difference and we started, you know, when you look at 20% increase from last year even at $300,000, if they bought it at $300,000, the potential that they could sell it for $360,000 this year is not completely out of whack. That's how crazy that is.
0: Those are those are big numbers so let's not now that we've talked about the market and the numbers and the minutia of this let's dive into those four categories and talk about how this impacts them so let's start with our friends the buyers uh so i think the most important thing that a buyer can do is be prepared and be prepared to act quickly because when we talk about uh the active inventory being so low and the sales being pretty steady that means stuff is coming on the market and going off the market often within a number of days and part of that will depend on what your price point is but um, be prepared. So this means having your lender um, lined up and having your lender on speed dial. Uh, it means starting your consultation with a buyer specialist and setting up and driving around the properties well before you think you're ready. Like if you think you need to move in December, hopefully you started having a conversation back in September and October. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, the, the whole point of that is that you then, then you know when the right property comes up because you've, you're have you more familiar with your little micro market within the market. Um, and often it comes down to price, but also knowing how do you put your best foot forward because that's important. It, it isn't always price. Price is, at the end of the day, gonna make all the difference if all other things are, are created equal.
1: I wanna say something here about buyers. <laughs> um, I agree with everything you're saying, but I, I um, worked with some buyers this summer and they are all right now in a house in a brand new house and they're all super excited about it and i was asking myself okay why is it that these buyers were able to get a house when others have not been able to and uh, it's not because they had the most money or they had cash or anything like that and i i would love to say it was because myself and my team were super creative and Yes, I believe that we help in that process. However, the two things that I would say that each of these buyers had, number one, they were persistent. In other words, when they didn't get the house, that they didn't let that complete, I mean, yes, they were were disappointed, but that didn't stop them, right? They were persistent, okay? And they just kept going. And the other thing is they were consistent. In other words, they didn't take a week off. They didn't go, Well, I didn't get that house. I think I'll take a week off. And now they're not looking at the houses that are coming through that you're sending them. They were every week looking. So they were just constant and persistent. And I think that that's a really, you know, when I talked to one of my clients they, um, recently, they said, Boy, we were so close to just giving up. But I'm so glad we didn't because then we found this house and it's the perfect place. And we're so excited to be here. So I just, I want to give that because I think that for buyers, buyers are the ones who are probably the most discouraged right now, the ones who feel like this, there's not enough inventory and I can't, um, I'm not going to be able to buy a house because Matt just said there's less than a half a month of inventory. And what I'm saying is that the buyers I have worked with have been able to buy a house and it's in large part to their persistence and their consistency because when, a ho- because when a house comes up, you don't have a week to decide to go look at it. You have to decide to go look at it today. Um, and so that is really, really important. That's what I want to say about buyers.
0: No, that's, that's good. I'm glad you d- drew those distinctions out. So let's talk about sellers. The market is your friend right now, sellers. Uh, I, but I think it's important that you play to its strengths. So what do I mean by that? Uh, prep and stage your house. Price it competitively and then go on a long weekend while your broker sets up dozens of appointments for people to look at your property. So I think that it's really, really important. Here's, here's the, the pitfall that I think sellers are likely to fall into in a market like this. It is very much a seller's market. Like, there's no doubt about that. It is leaning heavily in your court right now but that doesn't mean you won the lottery. It doesn't mean that you can put a garbage house on the market for way more than all of the competitive houses are selling for and anticipate and expect that you're gonna get that. That's not what this is about. Because remember, houses are selling quickly, but there's still about the same number of houses selling as there were a year ago. And so you have competition still. And if your house looks like garbage or you're putting it on significantly more than, than the competition out there, then it's likely to sit and get stale. And so it's really important that your list agent is being strategic. And when I say go away for the weekend, that's the other thing that if you're in a really hot price market, like having period of time, I just experienced this not as the list agent, but as a buyer's agent, like there was a property on the market, they accepted an offer the same day. And could I truly believe had they given themselves two or three days and said, we're gonna be looking at offers on day three or day four, they would have had multiple offers and a bidding war set up. And unfortunately that agent pushed the easy button and I think they probably left thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars on the table. So that's-
1: And and I cannot say how many times I've I've spoken to um, (laughs) sellers that they say, well, why do I, I mean, doesn't this house sell itself? Why do I need to have great pictures? Why do I need to stage the prop? Why do I need to pay to have it staged? Isn't it good enough? And I'm telling you, you will get a lot more money So yeah, maybe you will sell your house, but you will get a lot more money if you have great pictures and great staging. It does make a difference.
0: Uh, All right, investors. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So that's not my quote. That's obviously a pretty famous quote. We've spent a decent amount of time on this show talking about investing just in the last few weeks, and we kind of shared with you our journey. It's right now in this market, it's more challenging to find a cash flow property. Just end of story, like that's a reality. And but the second thing you need to realize is that you're gonna have to move quickly just like all of the other buyers out there. So how do you s- strategically set yourself up to be a competitor in this market so that you can make the cash flow work? Because if all indicators for the long term are what we're seeing, it's the, it's the adage. Yeah, of course, if you bought a rental property 20 years ago, you're, you've had significant, significant equity growth. But if you can cash flow a property today then over the next 20 years, I would anticipate that you would also see significant equity growth. And so those are my two thoughts for investors. It's more challenging to find cash flow properties so be perseverant, be anticipate having to drive by a lot of houses, run a lot of numbers, and most of them won't work, but then be prepared to move quickly when one does. Uh, All right. The last category, what I call holders so you are the current owners of real estate and you're asking how the market how is the market question I would say that you're in a really good position it comes back to that if you planted a tree 20 years ago it's looking pretty darn good right now values as as we have already talked about are sky high holders congratulations on having pulled the trigger when you did with that uh, we're done so if you have any questions for us Uh, Please reach out to us at 509 62 House. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bye.
0: Talk to you all later. Bye.